Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join me or my co-host, Joseph. Hello. And Jay Hugh. I backed Nurse. way off for that. It's been a while because we've been quarantined. Yeah, because the world is ending. Uh, Ian died. Yeah. This has affected more people uh, or affected people in harsher ways than it's affected us. And unfortunately, Ian's been one of those people. So Because he's dead. Just to be <laughs> clear. I, I, I was under the impression that Ian had taken a vow of silence and he's still with us, but he just won't be saying it. He's taken an involuntary vow of silence by oh. dying. <laughs> I, think I've, I think I've really tripled down on this joke that's probably insensitive during these times. If you or anyone knew it was affected by the coronavirus, I'm very sorry. This is poor taste. Yep. But because of this, we've had a lot more free time. And uh, I would say we all watched Castlevania. But Jay, you watched some of Castlevania? I watched the first season and the first half of the second season. I mean, you're 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 good on the way. You've you've passed through the initial gauntlet. All that to say, we're talking about Castlevania today. That's correct. Which is a Netflix adaptation of a Konami video game or Which is series. Almost an insane idea. I I don't really know. I I mean, like like most video games from that era, where it's you know this poor graphics, side scrolly whatever it is i didn't play this game specifically but i played a lot of them not knowing that there is a very elaborate lore to almost all of them you know mortal Kombat, sonic i mean just like anything that you can think of that has like no actual story to the gameplay tends to have like a really ridiculous lore associated with it yeah jehu did you play these games i i, I play you know there it's funny because i i looked back at them yesterday to see how many of there and there's been like a billion of them and it is a really complex backstory i played the i played one of the ones on uh on regular ens i think uh Castlevania 2 simon's quest played the super nintendo one but the one that I really liked was the Game Boy Advance one that was that, uh, you know, it was kind of a rip off of Metroid, how it was laid out. I can't remember. Uh, I think it was called like Circle of the Moon or something. And I fucking loved that. game. I played it to death. I think Symphony of the Night was a similar sort of Metroid rip off when a lot of people like that one too. Yeah, this show is based off of, Joseph, correct me, I may be wrong with this. I would say Castlevania 3 and Symphony of the Night. Is that right? That's what I could read also, yes. Well, I know that uh, the, well, I, that this would be spoilery, so I won't say, but one of these characters is definitely from Symphony of the Night. Yeah, I guess the story of the games is a generational saga of the Belmont family fighting Dracula. And so the show picks up with Trevor Belmont. Who Isn't is, it kind of uh, weird? I don't know. Again, I don't know anything about these games, but shouldn't it? Dude, why isn't it the Van Helsing or the Helsing family? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I guess so they could have a character they could copyright. Well, yeah, but yeah. It's, I, yeah, I, guess, I guess that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Because you're using uh, Dracula. Yeah, that, well, yeah, that's that, true. That's, that's a fair well, you know, point. Dracula's got marquee value, though. The Helsings don't really have as much. I guess so. Yeah, I think Trevor Belmont is from, he's from the Super Nintendo one, I believe. Because I think the, the first two were about his son, Simon, and then the third one is like a, is like a prequel. I'm impressed that you know this much about them again. Uh, it, it's one of those things where I, when I play the video games, I just click the starter X or whatever button it is until all the, the words go away and I can get what? back to hitting things. 
Well, it's funny because used to when video games really didn't have that much of a story, I was super interested in the story. Uh-huh. Now the video games are all story. I'm like, shut up with the fucking story. <laughs> yeah, I can't be pleased. And apparently not. Uh, so yeah, I think I feel like in theory this show is a terrible idea. But one, Netflix has poured a tremendous amount of money into the animation. Like, it looks great. I, I do want to, they, they classify it under its anime genre. But is it really anime? I mean, I think it's anime as a style, if not as necessarily really anime. I guess. Uh, I think it's made in the States, right? Yeah, yeah, it's made in the States. It's, I don't know. Like, it doesn't, doesn't seem, to ha- like, it's just an animated show that's, you know, adult. I don't know. Maybe I'm... Well, it definitely... It doesn't have a pop punk intro in a different language. Yeah, that, I'm me, so, that, <laughs> that's that's, that's the requirement. Yeah. Oh, I just gotta say, it is kind of funny that our first episode since Ian died is a is a fucking anime episode. I mean, it seems appropriate, right? He was he was He's really holding, holding us back holding for yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was keeping anime out of the podcast for as long yeah. as he could, and it killed him. <laughs> that's what, that's what he died of. Correct. <laughs> of too much anime. <laughs> yeah, he, um, he passed an anime stone. Yeah. And the other big boon to this show, and the, the, I mean, definitely they, they plaster it everywhere, is, is uh, it's written and created by one of uh, your favorite writers, Hurt, Warren Ellis. Warren Ellis, yeah. And, and you know, uh, Warren Ellis is a comic writer who really came to prominence in the 90s. Uh, uh, you know, his his big well-known things or the authority and planetary both things he did for dc wildstorm but you know he just has a habit he's really good at writing uh you know sort of over the top sci-fi and supernatural stuff with characters who don't talk very nicely to each other i'd say that sounds about right (laughs) right for for this show yeah i mean the first few episodes you don't really feel them in it but once you get to once, once Trevor Belmart gets some people to interact with, it's like, oh, this is exactly Warren Ellis. So do we want to break into the actual show? Is there anything else we wanted to g- talk about up front? No, let's get into the show. All right, no. let's get into season one. So I think this is one of the early departures from the game is to uh, immediately kind of make Dracula a sympathetic character. He's like the first person we interact with. And it's not in like a super murdery way. Mm. Well, it is yeah, super murdery, just not he's the super murdery. <laughs> okay, touche. And it, it, it sort of makes it, it almost makes him too sympathetic because it takes me a few episodes to really turn on him. I don't know that I ever turned on him. I'll uh-huh. be honest with you. So yeah, the, 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 I think if I'm remembering correctly, the series starts with, you know, a, a young like human woman coming into Dracula's castle Entreating him to teach her all of his knowledge that he's accumulated over centuries. He's, you know, a feared, revered, uh, you know, immortal presence in this world. And he is kind of taken with her spunk and, and optimism and uh, teaches her and they fall in love. And it's all like good stuff. End of story, right? <laughs> yeah, five minutes and we're over. Yeah, it's over. No. So th- then we move on to the, uh, the, the real baddie of, of, I would say, at least the first season, uh, which is the Catholic... Ch- it's weird to me because this series is set in, like, Earth. Right. It, it just doesn't feel like it so often. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. Um, so this is very much like, you know, uh, medieval, uh, like, Dark Ages, burn the witch kind of, kind of era of the Catholic Church in... I guess Eastern Europe here. Dracula's wife is is 
captured by the church, inquisited and murdered, and uh, it sets off a bad time for everybody. Right. Well, the the uh, the bishop guy is really easy to dislike. I, I think I haven't checked who played who, but I think yeah, I saw Matt Frewer's name in the credits, and I think that was him. Uh, you know, Matt Frewer of Max Headroom fame, and he is really really dislikable in this role. He does a good job. I mean, that's that's fair. It's, it's a very hateable role. Yeah. I mean, I just would say the whole first season is like a prologue, really, for season two. Cause Agreed, all it, yeah. The it's, whole point is just to meet characters. Getting the team characters. together, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even realize it, but the whole first season, I mean, I don't know how deep we want to get in it before we go into spoilers, but right. the whole the first four oh, episodes. This, this whole one, thing is spoilers, by the way. If you haven't... Hashtag Castlevania spoilers. <laughs> you know, uh, here's my pitch. Like... I'm still not sure if this is a good show. I I enjoyed watching it. I think there's a lot of potential there, and I liked a lot of things about it. But I also think a lot of it is trash. But it's like just that perfect combination that makes it just like I don't know TV crack. Well, uh, I think it's I think it's fun trash. I, I agree. No, it's super fun trash. So I I say you know you're on quarantine just like the rest of us. Uh, if if you're running out of reruns of Friends or whatever you're doing, and you want to watch some really horrific animated violence and ridiculous characters, I recommend it. It's a good time. Oh, well, it's, I, it's like it's like horny D and D. Really, it really that's it, that's it, well, it's, it's like it's like horny and like blood horny. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's weird fantasy Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I'm gonna say it's better than Transformers. I think it's 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 hard to tell if it's good or not, but it is very entertaining, and it, I, I wanted to talk about it. I'm de- exactly. I'm definitely going better than Transformers because it it is exactly what you say. It's, it's entertaining, and I like immediately after it was over, I was like, I need to share this with someone. <gasps> Well, I, I mean, yeah, I think it, uh, definitely better than Transformers. And I think, honestly, it's the way a lot of video game animation stuff should be. Just get a creator who has something that he wants to do. And maybe it doesn't have to be exactly the thing, but it carries over a lot enough it, that it brings in the people who likes it. But it's also just fun in its own self. What, what it does do, Jay, what you're talking about, like video game things, is like all the characters in the show are characters from the video game. But it is such a rich world and it invests in those side characters that it feels probably new and inventive and different. And even if it's telling the same story by, for example, like Hector and Isaac, our characters introduced in season two, they're very, very interesting and they're in the yep. game, but putting a focus on them uh, really, I don't know, makes the world feel really well fleshed out and interesting. And I want to see more of it. It doesn't just feel like a rehash of what I've already seen. Yeah, right. I played. I would argue that the side characters are much more interesting than the main characters for the most part. Maybe Certainly the main Dracula. three. Yeah. So mm. that's a good point. We should introduce our main players here. Uh, so again, the first season, very much just here to set up uh, Dracula as the big, I mean, really the big bad in season one is the Catholic Church, which, uh, you know, they really, really, really hammer you over the head with. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're not subtle about that at all. There's, there's very little subtlety as a whole in the show, but uh, particularly in, in, in the first season uh, with, hey, you know, uh, religious dogmatism is bad. But we meet Trevor Belmont of the Belmont family, the last surviving member of a monster hunter lineage. Uh, who is, for some reason, kind of hated by everybody. Is So is is the first episode of this, or any episode of this, any different from The Witcher? I, I just watched, watched The Witcher. The Witcher. So- uh, it is very similar. 
Like, I mean, literally, like, the bar room scene is the same. <laughs> yeah, look, I'll get into it more when we're talking about what we've been watching, but uh, it lacks a catchy bar tune like uh, The Witcher has. Uh, so, actually, this, he's probably the biggest voice cast name in this, Trevor Belmont, is uh, Richard Armitage, famous of The Hobbit, and also playing Wolverine on a podcast. Right. And if he wasn't already playing Wolverine after hearing this, I would be like, that guy should play Wolverine. Yeah. It's I a mean, very similar voice. It's the same voice, but with a British accent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, very generic, reluctant, anti-hero-y kind of... I mean, it's reluctant hero, but with an edge. Right. He's fine. <laughs> uh, and, then we, and then we meet Sypha, who is... What is Sypha? A seek speaker? Well, yes. She's a speaker. She's a magician... But, like, what is her character? I, I mean, from the Warren Ellis structure, you've got uh, you've him, who's the hero who says mean things to everybody. And she's the guy who says mean things. I mean, the lady who says mean things back to him. It's, it's basically how that dude writes. So, I mean, she doesn't really have to be a character. She just has to be a <laughs> repository of mean things to say. I like Sypha. She's my favorite of the main three. She, I mean, she, it's, it's a low bar, but I would agree with you. I like her the yeah. best in the most recent season, season three. She actually has an arc in season three, which Correct. is weird because you would think in season one, she kind of has an arc, which is like being exposed to the world. But that really doesn't come to fruition until the third season. Yeah, she's mostly just there to be required love, tension, love interest for Trevor Belmont and foil him in all of his curmudgeonly ways. And make him do stuff. She's like the she's the she's the shrewy woman who makes him do the right thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, she should be carrying a rolling pin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and that so brings yeah. us to oh yeah, brings us to your guy. favorite character. Oh god, Alucard, which is Dracula spelled backwards. <laughs> oh my god, I've never noticed that. In, in in case we're talking about, you know, I mean, look, this is from the video game, so I'm not going to blame this on Warren Ellis, but this is not a subtle show is what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, he, Alucard is, is Dracula's son with, by Dracula and his human wife uh, who teams up with Trevor Belmont and, and uh, Sypha to go and kill Dracula because he feels like he needs to in order to save humanity who does he feels like doesn't deserve to be exterminated yeah, he does uh, it for his mother because his mother wouldn't want it yeah uh, which he, doesn't feel like enough of a motivation to he's, right. he's he's really i mean he's the least of anything of any of the characters i say that i actually liked his arc from the third season um but we'll we'll get to that but you know he's he's a uh, i don't know gay fabulous dracula with a long sword yeah, yeah. He's definitely, well, he definitely. I'm not saying ahead. that I'm not saying that regular Dracula is not also gay because I don't feel like straight people wear capes. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean that's taking a big uh, that's that's taking a big statement on almost everything we talk about. There. That's correct. We talk about a lot of cape stuff. I feel like Alucard does opinion. kind of feel like a like a power gay fantasy. Like he really like it. It really teeters on this like soft-spoken but powerful and and i just feel like there's way more to him that the show just doesn't deliver on like he could be the most interesting character he's the son of dracula that's the thing 
I, I feel like this show is really like biding its time, which drives me crazy because I'm like, I, there's a lot of things that they're setting up. as like, oh, I can see how you'd get to that in like two seasons or three seasons and really flesh that out. Like, do you really deserve three more seasons? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, especially what happens at the end of season two. I was really like, what are you going to do? Yeah, for sure. So season, two well, so season one, all set up. We just met all our people. Season two is where I think it starts getting interesting is, is mm-hmm. where I think the show kind of gets its own flavor because in the first season, we, you know, uh, Christian's talking about how that's kind of, very D&D-esque. And to me, the main characters all feel like shitty, poorly fleshed out D&D characters and doing the classic like murder hobo going around to different towns, murdering shit, and then going to another town and murdering other shit. I think they're the least interesting people. In season two, we're kind of, we're taking it a lot more from Dracula's perspective and he's calling in all of his armies to exterminate humanity. Since then we get into this whole like court of Dracula, army of Dracula, like politics and I think that shit's really interesting because it's like, it's very Game of Thronesy and like the good parts of Game of Thrones. It's super Game of Thronesy. Plus Peter Stormare. Oh my God. Uh, Look, we, uh, so uh, we should, I guess we should get into the, the characters we introduced in this season. Uh, so, so first two are kind of the, the biggest players, I think, are uh, Isaac and Hector, which are two of Dracula's human lieutenants. Uh, who hate humanity for different reasons. I can't really remember why Hector hates humanity. Uh, he he had mean parents. Oh, he had me. Okay, that's good. He couldn't have they his uh, zombie dog. Yeah, they didn't like that he reanimated zombie cats and shit like that. Yeah, so he's like, uh, you know, he he. I don't know what he is. He appreciates all things, and uh, I guess was rejected for it. And so he joins Dracula and is going to kill a bunch of humans. Uh, Isaac, so Hector Hector doesn't want to kill humans. That's his whole thing. He wants to. He wants a cull. They say the word cull like fuck. 15 well, yeah, million but, times. But kill mm-hmm. is still, like, Cole is still killing, just not all of them. He doesn't yeah. want to exterminate. Yeah. He wants to turn them into cattle. Isaac is, is uh, much more uh, black and white, just firmly believes humanity is, is corrupt at its core and, and should be wiped from the planet for, the, for everyone else's good. Um, also, my favorite voice casting of the whole show is, is Isaac. Uh, that is played by uh, Mr. Echo's brother from Lost. Really? Oh, yeah. right on. That is That's awesome. Cool. Right I on. did not know that. Yeah, he's really good. Um, and both these, the, 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 the interesting, I guess, the, the kind of their uh, role in this army is both of them have a magic called uh, their forge masters, which means, which is a thing that apparently only living creatures can be, where they can raise souls from hell into like demon things to, I don't know, kill other people. Right, right. That's uh, about as much description as the show gives as well. That's super <laughs> yeah. fair. Uh, and then we get introduced to my favorite character. I would argue possibly the best character of all time, Godbrand. <laughs> I, I was hoping you guys like Godbrand because Godbrand's definitely my favorite character. Played, He's play, the only person in this show having any fun. Played by Peter Stormare, who is generally, you know, the guy having fun when no one else is having fun. <laughs> right, that's true. Uh, but like, I watched this and uh, I mean, you know, he's in it for a fair bit of, of, uh, season two. And I was like, what the fuck is this accent? <laughs> it's nothing. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, uh, there's no way that there was a voice director 
who came in and be like, make it more ambiguous and made up and kind of speech impedimenty. You know? <laughs> Isn't that kind of all of Peter Stormare's career is like just Eastern European? I mean, he's always generic Eastern European, but this one's even more insane than usual. And I like, right. at first I was like, what is he doing? But then as he committed to it, I was like, I love this. This is, this is the best thing that's happening on this show. Yeah, it, it, it's like German, Scottish something like kind of russian kind of polish kind of i don't know what man it's right it's an insane choice and he's a all of that to say he's a vampire viking and you wouldn't i mean it's just great there's no other yeah, there's no other character decisions there he's just yeah yeah that yeah uh and then uh the, carmilla i think is the only other big yeah, one camilla is the other big one which is uh it's, it's another female vampire in, in dracula's i don't know one of his loyal what do you call those things Minions? I mean, yes, sure. Uh, but she's she's uh, you know probably the most conniving and uh, and uh, ambitious of the group. I mean, definitely, yes. I would you know. I mean, that's that's her whole thing. As soon as she walks on, it's like, oh, she's here to fuck shit up. She and it, it kind of like season one is for the main four people. That's how season two is for Camilla. It's just really an introduction into her and some of her character traits, and a lot of her story is really picking up in season three. That's true, yeah. Um, I don't know how much we want to get into actually like breaking down the plot of these. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to go like episode by episode. Just I would say general plot description is it's our three heroes in an attempt to are are on a, a gopher mission is is really yeah. what this whole season is. They're just going to, to well, they they have to go get weapons first, and then they have to go kill Dracula. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they that's, I mean, Belmont. that's like a half the season is they go to get the the goddamn weapons from the Belmont Castle yeah. or whatever. But also, while that's going on, Dracula has to deal with infighting inside of his own court, so he's kind of being pulled in. And to, and to be clear, areas. at this point, and and I, I say that all the the characters in season one are terrible. Dracula is fascinating. Like I I love him as like this you know this supreme creature who's been alive longer than everybody else, who knows more like more magic, more science, more everything than everybody else, who's the strongest vampire who is like just doesn't have anything like left you know he had like one small joy and it's gone and now it's just like oh what what is eternity even worth anymore right you know uh what also, is all what is all this knowledge and all this anything worth dracula voiced by former middle earth dwarf graham mctavish yes which i assume that he says graham mctavish but i have no idea <laughs> if that's true Dwalin and uh the Hobbit films, and he uh, the 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 voice is great. I mean, the character is really interesting, and and uh, for sure, Dracula's whole plan, quote unquote, to kill humanity is is an elaborate suicide attempt. Yeah, and it's great. I mean, he's he's the most compelling part of the show. He's interesting, um, and kind of like Jay, who you hit on earlier. Like, while I get that what he's doing is terrible and evil, I get it. You know, like I'm not against him uh, per se. <laughs> And, and that's yeah, the thing, like, he's not, it's not even like a revenge thing, you know? Like, he doesn't even seem to be like, you know, it, it's not like... It's a depression take, thing. Yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> that. It's just, like, he seems exhausted by the fact that he has to kill humanity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, uh, probably my favorite parts of the whole show is just whenever he's sitting in front of the fire looking exhausted. Yeah, it's great. It's Which great. He seems, he seems to go back to a lot. Every time somebody's looking for him, they just go find him. And he's sort of slunched over, sitting in front of the fire, just waiting for humanity to be killed off. So Yeah, uh, I always kind of, I, I took that bit to be, 
you know, him, one, just him being done, but mm-hmm. two, like, the fire bit, I'm assuming, is his almost kind of fascination with hell. Like, if he's thinking right. that's where his wife is, he's pondering on hell, and if he's this eternal being, will he ever actually see her again? Or is death the real trick to have to finding his lost love once more right that's a that's a pretty good take i like that well we they they go to the belmont abode and they get weapons and knowledge i also do like the fact that this is only works for animation but the whip is a dumb weapon but i like that they commit to it yeah well i think the morning star is like the weapon of choice in the game i'm I may be wrong about that. But. No, no. I'm, I'm, if I remember correctly, it is. Totally. Once you get that, you can really fuck some shit up. I mean, I mean, both the whip and the morning star, I think, are stupid. And I feel like it, it compels the animators to come up with creative ways to use them so they don't seem stupid. Yeah, the physics doesn't make sense of it at all. But I'm on board. It looks I mean, cool. that's, that's the thing. Like, I think, I think, I think uh, uh, it's kind of like writing for Superman, I feel like. It's, it's, like, it's, it's, a, it's a constraint that it could have crippled them, but I feel like it made it... Had they have, I don't know, uh, ventured into new grounds of Morningstar animation. All this fast forward to leads to a big battle. Right. Oh, so, one so, thing we didn't talk about was Dracula's castle moves all over the place. So that's another part is trying to find where Dracula is. And keep the time. castle like from moving. Yeah. Um, uh, but this whole time, Camilla is stirring up shit, trying to uh, recruit people onto her side, thinking that Dracula has lost his mind and needs to be taken out. Uh, which, I mean, she's right. We'll be honest. But uh, yeah, They she... really make Carmilla out to be super evil. And I'm not saying she's not. But she's 100% the smartest person on that. Oh, side. I mean, look. She's an asshole. But she's pretty practical, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I get it. Exactly where she's coming from. Well, that's, I mean, that's why I think the, the court of Dracula is the most interesting. Because each of those characters makes more sense to me than the other characters. Like, they have more clear motivations and depth to them that, like, I identify with than yeah, our I mean, main characters. The three heroes, Trevor's doing it because it's family legacy. That's it. Like he doesn't believe he doesn't even like humanity. Like yeah. why is he why would he fight someone? Right. Sypha's doing it because she believes the world's a better place than it actually is, which is a lesson she learns. And Alucard is doing it out of some sense of honor, nobility. I, you know, you don't really know. And no, none of them are fleshed out deeper than that. He just wants the rest of the leather pants that he left in Dracula's castle. So so much leather pants, <laughs> all the leather pants. So Shirt, all that like only tied up to like right around his nipples for for sure. <laughs> uh, so from here on out, it's kind of spoiler for Jehu. So sorry, Jehu, you shouldn't have uh, gotten on this phone call. Um, <laughs> but uh, Camilla pretty early on recruits uh, Hector successfully because Hector is a goddamn moron, and also convinces Godbrand onto her side. And Godbrand makes the mistake of trying to recruit Isaac, who is uh, like. 2,000% loyal to Dracula and immediately murders him. Uh, yeah, brutally. This yeah. show, we, the only thing we haven't talked about, this show is gory. It's so gory. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, it, it's like juvenile gory. Well, it's and, like just, and, that's, and that's one of the things I want to talk about the show in general is so much of it, both from like animation to writing to whatever, seems specifically to be appealing to like 14-year-old boys. <laughs> like if I was 14 years old, this would be the shit. I would be on, like I would love all the gore. And, and whatever, I would be super on board with all of the just like rampant and unchecked cynicism. I don't know. Like, it seems like it would be my shit at 14. Well, it's, it's you know, it's like that saying about, about, I said about 80s movies before, which is that, you know, 80s was an entire decade of movies made for people too young to watch them. That's sure. totally what this shit is. It's totally 
targeted at people whose parents aren't, uh, you know, aren't, it's, aren't allowing them to watch it. It's going to be <laughs> a lot in secret. Yeah. It does feel like 300 in a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I dig that. So the whole plot of this season comes to a head. Uh, Camilla betrays Dracula with Hector, kind of, uh, I don't know. She Hector agrees voluntarily, but then she like blackmails him for betraying Dracula. It's a whole thing. There's infighting within the vampire ranks, and uh, they're killing each other, and then our main three come in and directly confront Dracula, which, I mean, they do mostly successfully, but realistically he gave himself off at the end. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's an emotional bit. I it like is. It movie. is an emotional bit. The, the, it's it's a it's a big elaborate battle with uh, with Dracula and Alucard, and uh, you know the the final scene ends up with uh, Dracula and Alucard in Alucard's childhood room, uh, and then Dracula kind of has this realization that like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I trying to kill my one son, my one thing that's left of my wife? And you know, like, uh, you know, just like there was a lot there. I agree. It was it was a pretty uh, potent moment. Yeah, I I really I really enjoyed season two. Not that uh, season one just I, I season one's wish- trash. I'm not gonna lie yeah. to you. I don't think it, I like it looks great and the voice acting. I mean, the voice cast is good, but it's it, it's not like there's nothing. There's no substance there. Yeah, exactly. Season two is really where you get into the uh, meat and potatoes, right? And uh, and it and it delivers. I think for the most part, which is what. I'm not going to say season three disappointed me, but I was very confused in where it was going. And I would say this about three or four episodes in, I thought I knew exactly how it was going to end until about two minutes prior to the season three ending. I felt that I was a hundred percent right. So it does kind of subvert expectations a little bit, but I found season two to be the best of the three. I agree. I think season two is the best so far. I mean, the thing about season three to me is that it spends a lot of time setting up season four. Yeah. Um, I would agree with that. Which, well, and be, I mean, like it's, this. it's fine. Like, I mean, I, I did like some of the character development that is going to be leading up to season four, but at the same time, you're also cutting out room for like the actual story of season three. Yeah. So I specifically, I would say with Hector, Isaac and, and Carmilla, yeah, the three, the, none, none of what happens with those three characters, and we spend a lot of time with those three characters, has any bearing on what happens so, in season three. Uh, yeah, I should, I should make it clear that at the end of season two, Dracula is killed, like officially, and uh, and so I mean, if I, I like you, uh, were like, where's the show going to go? Because Dracula is the most interesting character in this show. The answer is they all kind of split off into the wind and go on their own adventures of meeting and learning and stuff. Yeah, so we find Alucard guarding Dracula's castle. Yep. Um, Sypha and Trevor are heroes for hire, essentially. They're murder hobos. Yep, doing the murder hobo thing. Down to town, killing demons. Uh, Isaac is, well, since Isaac was the only person that really remained true to Dracula, Dracula saves his life, which ticks Isaac off to no end. So he's now kind of on a revenge mission. Kind of. He's he's also like it's also like a self-searching mission now that Dracula's gone. Like, what what is my purpose when I'm not serving? Yeah. And Hector has been taken captive by Carmilla. Fuck Hector. <laughs> I hate Hector so much. The, the we'll we'll get into it. But the reason I hate Hector so much, I mean, he's he's the Sansa Stark so far of this series. Oh, that is real good. Uh, it's just that like. You know, he's he's naive and impressionable and, you know, easily manipulated. And that, like, really does not work out for him in the second season. Like, it goes very poorly. 
And the beginning of the season of this season is him at like his like rock bottom. He's like dragged in chains through the snow, naked. Is he naked? I can't. Uh, remember. He ends up naked. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But you know, like like less than less than human, like less than anything. And you'd think at this point he's had a lot of time to contemplate his uh, his life. But motherfucker just makes the same goddamn mistakes over and over again. I would say this in 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 Hector's defense, at least for you're right. Like he just keeps making the same mistakes repeatedly. But that's his character actor because he's a child. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He he's a kid who ha- he puts trust in people very easily. Um, and because it's it's weird, it's kind of like the Michael Jackson syndrome in that like all he wanted was a pet, all he wanted was to do this thing, and he never got to have it, so he kept trying to relive it over and over and over again and i i I get it i understand it i like hector but you know if he died i would not be it would not dissuade me from stop to stop watching the show like it's it's just he's just not as interesting as everyone else no and i I mean look i i I, again if they make the show for like six seasons i can see a turnaround for that character but it's uh... I, i believe hector ends up being a protagonist in the games oh really yeah Interesting. Yeah, where do we, where do we want to start on this one? Um, I mean, I say let's take it by character, like not not character by character, but the the three main yeah. plot lines. Isaac is the easiest one because Isaac is just on the self searching journey, and uh, you know, kind of by the end of it is kind of reinvigorated in uh, in like, yeah, you know what? I think that uh, humanity should be killed, and I think I should be the one that kills them. Yeah, basically, he's going to fulfill Dracula's vision. Right, yeah. Um, why was there a random Jamaican sailor? I don't know. I liked him, though. I liked that, that arc. He was, he was fun. Yeah. Uh, it just felt very random. Isaac's bit is the most interesting part, even if it doesn't really go anywhere, other than besides him finding his purpose. Well, it's character development, and I think that's, that's one of the things that, like, you know, is, is good for this kind of show, is, is those slow moments where you're, like, just chatting with a character, and, and he's just such a... He's so interesting because he is so black and white. And even though like he does experience kindnesses a lot in, in his life, uh, just the, the negative experiences that he has with humanity just so greatly outweigh any positive things that happen. Uh, that like it, it immediately turns him. When you say you feel like this season was a buildup for a lot of season four, I think that's very true with Isaac. Yeah, for sure. No, uh, Isaac. Isaac wants to go fucking torture the shit out of Hector. Uh, yes. Well, and that, I think they would easily move into Hector and Carmilla, which is simply Carmilla has basically established that she is going to kind of do what Dracula did, except instead of murder everyone, she wants to take over people and and again have cattle. She wants a herd of people that she can just feed on whenever she wants. Uh, and, and she's a part of a, uh, I don't know what you would call this, an oligarchy of, of vampiresses. Yep. Uh, the sisterhood. The sisterhood. I cannot remember all their names. I only remember Lenore. Stiga. Yep. Stiga? 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 I don't know. S-T-Y-G-A. Yeah. And then the other and, one. And then there's one more, yeah. <laughs> Who's the least important? Who's like important? the admin? Like, what does she even do? <laughs> Yeah, she hired some mercenaries. I'm, un- I'm unclear about that. Uh, um, but basically, that whole that whole plot line is them just trying to get Hector on board to be their forge master because the, 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 his his creations only report to him, only are loyal to him. Yeah, exactly. And and vampires can't do it; they can't do that magic. And right. so, the whole plot there is just a very slow, 
Stockholm syndrome type thing. Well, but, so each, yeah, they, they, you know, they kind of set it up as each of these four, you know, vampire women uh, have like their own role in this, in this, uh, I don't know what you call it. Ruling uh, party. Yeah, ruling party. That's fine. Camilla, who we've already met, is kind of like the dreamer. She pushes them forward. Uh, Stiga is kind of the, the, the muscle, the military might. Uh, again, that other girl is just admin. I don't really know why she's there. She's like the bobs in office space. Um, <laughs> and Lenore, who's like, you know, this, this young looking uh, pretty thing is supposed to be like the the uh you know like the diplomat the, the diplomat the personal relations and so she's the one who's kind of like you know trying to sweet talk hector back into like being on their side and the the thing that bothers me is that hector is immediately suspicious and it's he just, knows right away yeah well you know I mean, of course they're here to manipulate him into, into doing that like that's what else why else would they even keep him alive why else would he be there uh, it's not even mistrust. He knows exactly yeah, what they want to do. But he's just such a goddamn dumb sucker. <laughs> uh, and then you go to Alucard, who is guarding Dracula's castle, and he meets these two. Well, um, I just guarding and, and getting bored and lonely as fuck. Yeah, yeah, extremely. Fishing, two Japanese warriors. We met their vampire lord in the first season but i don't believe them having any or second season i don't think they ever spoke or anything like that yeah but they died in the in the battle um with dracula at the end of season two so now these two people they want to go on a vampire killing spree and they want alucard to train them how to do it and they kind of play similar to sypha in the first season like naive and there's also this like self-doubt that they never thought they could do it and they grow really attached to alucard i mean and, maybe. And I, I, <laughs> uh, I would say I would say that all of these plot lines, and we'll get to Trevor and Cyphers in a second, all kind of come to a culmination in the ninth episode of the third season. That's true, but I feel like the ones we're on uh, have a particularly like uh, intertwined thing. That if we, yes. we, we, we if we if we want to come back to episode nine, that's fine. Or we could just hit this part and then do all of our main characters or uh, Trevor and Cyphers arc, whichever way. So. Isaacs is is kind of separate. He he takes over a like a town ruled by a magician, um, but the other two, Hector and Alucard, are lured into having sex with everybody, or at least Carmel or uh, what's her name, the one you know, Lenora. Lenora, yeah. He- Hector and Lenore, they uh, decide to make some love, and Alucard has a twin threesome. For sure, I'm sure there's a name for that on the internet. I just don't know what it is. And, uh, um, I will say, I mean, I, I know that you know, probably picked up on this, and I think, I think it's intended for the viewer to pick up on the fact that, I, and Alucard should pick up on the fact that they very clearly want to murder him or are planning on murdering him. Yes. But to, yeah, to yeah, me, yeah. that's why I like that part of, of, of his arc in this season is because it's just, it's one of those things where, it, to me, it's implied that he's just so lonely that he's like willing to overlook all of these red flags because he just desperately wants the company for sure that he almost n- willingly ignores it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. He's just lonely. Um, so in both of, in both of these cases, there are sex traps to, uh, to a murder or enslave the participants, the twins try to, to bind and murder uh, Alucard and Hector is, is, tricked into doing some kind of magical promise binding thing to be a, a servant of the vampire people. Yeah, it's, like, it's like a weird blood promise ring. Yeah. 
Uh, and to me, this is, you know, I talk all, all, all of this show, you know, so much of this show, like from, from the, the, the brooding anti-hero to the, the cynicism to all the other things, again, you know, very aimed at 14-year-old me and 14-year-old boys across the world. But I also feel like this particular scene of the, like the, the really sexed up sex stuff, but they're also sex traps is also a really 14-year-old perspective. Because uh, one, it's like you're, it's like really gratuitous, you know, like sexy nudity times. So hooray for that. But also, it to me anyway, like feeds into like this deep seated fear when you're too young to have actually had any sexual experiences of like all sex is a trap, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I definitely can feel that. So I don't know. I uh, I feel like this show knows exactly who it's marketing to. <laughs> I don't know if that's who's watching it. Yeah, oh, I'm I mean, sure that's who's watching it as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think there's more layers to that bit when you put it in context of what else is happening in that episode. But for Sypha and Trevor, they basically come across this town where this Catholic church was visited by a night creature or demon. Yep. And now all the priests are odd and uh so they started investigating it they meet a guy named saint germain played by bill nighy because of, of course, course he had bill nighy is in this show yeah, <laughs> had to be in this show um and that all leads up to you finding out that they these priests and this night creature are trying to use a portal to hell to bring dracula back and i would say this was the most predictable part of the show to me for sure. Very, yeah, yeah. very quickly, I was like, oh, this is just build up to getting us Dracula back. And honestly, while that felt like cliche because you just had this big climactic moment and you were going to kill him, I was actually really excited about it because Dracula is my favorite character. Yeah, Dracula is the best part. And don't get me wrong. I will, you know, we'll talk about it, but uh, Dracula will come back. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, the other character that we beat that's kind of a major voice role is uh, Jason Isaacs plays the judge who is like a, the governor of this small town. And he's, you know, seems very concerned about these creepy priests and their demon visitor. He's the worst. He's the you worst know, character. Yeah. You don't know. He's the worst. He's the most evil person on the show. In my well, it, it's, I don't, we'll talk about that. We'll get into it. So yeah, you know, this whole, again, it, it is very predictable, but I, I, I did actually kind of enjoy this like slow uncovering of this plot by both uh, Trevor and Sypha and San Germain all kind of independently you know, picking up clues and whatever. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed Sala or whatever the, the yeah. chief weird priest is. He was real interesting. He, he's good. Me. Yeah. He's a, he's a good character, but it all comes to a head where they all, you know, the, the town's army and all of our main people are going to go take the church, but it's too late. The church has already opened the portal to hell. There's a big battle. It's very, very, very gratuitous in the same episode that also has all the sex and the sex traps. It's, There's uh, almost no dialogue in that episode. Yeah. It's almost all this hyper-violence with this also hyper-sexualized bit. And that's why I say it kind of plays into what you're talking about because, one, there's this natural danger in what's happening to Alucard and to Hector. But while that's happening and this like entire town is murdered and basically Sypha and Trevor are in this hopeless situation, um, really plays into this like danger, temptation, pleasure thing. Because one thing we're, we're seeing in the beginning of this is that Sypha enjoys this. She enjoys this like lifestyle. Yeah. And she's um, getting her fill of it. And it really bleeds into this like um, almost 
you know, like gratuitous nature in that it's like too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. And while she is helping people, she's exposing herself to the evils of the world. Um, just like Alucard is, he's exposed himself to partnership and relationships and now it's turning on him. And the same thing, similar thing for Hector in that moment. But uh, this episode is, is heavy. It is dark. Yeah. I mean, it's very dark. Again, it, it's, uh, it's dark, but it's mostly just like, I don't know, violent and over the top. Like, it's not like, I don't feel like there's a tremendous amount of like emotional weight to it or anything, particularly because if there was going to be that, it would be for uh, Hector or Alucard, but you 100% see it coming. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All those things are very predictable very early on. Yeah. So you I, know where all of those characters are ending up. As a whole, the animation, the action animation for the fight sequences is excellent. My lord. Uh, the, 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 the fights, especially with Sypha and all of her like elemental magical powers, very, very cool. And uh, yeah, I guess that brings us... Oh, yeah, so the, the other... So San Germain, I think, is... is they, they do this weird thing. You haven't seen this hurt, which is bothering me because I feel like this is a Warren Ellis thing, but I just don't know any Warren Ellis. Right. Uh, where he has like a... He's been through this magical portal to other worlds, and we get like a glimpse of a flashback to it where he can see like weird things from the past and the future and all other places. Like hell is one of these places, but some of it has like robots and some of it is like a random Australian native. I don't know. Like there's all sorts yeah, there's of like an Aborigine in there. Yeah. And it, it was, it was one of those things where we're, it was like a peek into all these worlds that we're not going to go to in this show. And I was like, why <laughs> is, is that a thing that Warren Ellis does? I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, during the authority, a big part of it was the bleed which was they, they navigated the space in between alternate dimensions. So you saw a lot of stuff from alternate dimensions and stuff like that. That's, a, that's definitely a thing that he, he is into. And it, uh, usually, he usually is never for good. Sure. <laughs> right, so, well, so, yeah. well, I like St. Germain. I like St. Germain, too. He's very whole, Bill Nye, though. He, oh, for sure. I mean, he does, I think he says fuck at some point. So that was slightly different than usual Bill Nye. But anyway, the whole point is his character is that he lost a, a you know, looked like a partner or a loved one in one of these other worlds and wants to join them. And at the end of it, spoiler alert for episode 10, he does. And now we'll never get to see what happens to him. And I'm like, wait, hang on. This is, this is bullshit. Oh, I think he may come back. I don't know how or why or when, but. I, I want to know what this weird MC Escher library world is. Yeah. The other big reveal in, in episode 10 is. Um, you find out the judge has been murdering children this whole time. That's correct. Um, and the reason why I say I think he's the worst is most of the evil characters on this show embrace that about themselves. They know they're bad. Uh-huh. They know, uh, but he's self-righteous in it. He still rules over these people, um, thinks he's doing it to maintain the peace, um, but then has like a trophy room. Uh, it, it's It's this false sense of heroics while being a mass murderer. It's sure. terrible. Yeah. It was one of those things where to me, like I, I, I get what you're coming from. And, and I mean, that's fair. There's a, you know, a lot of the evilly things that are going on in this show are, I mean, either involuntary as far as, you know, the demons are just like inherently evil as far as we know, or are kind of like dogmatic choices like Isaac, if we, you know, he's made the choice, he knows what he is. And so I, I see where you're coming from. Uh, but at the same time, like the reaction from 
from Saifa and, and Trevor when they discover this is like, I mean, they're like aghast that such a thing could happen. And I'm like, motherfuckers, you guys see worse shit like this every day. <laughs> and I mean, maybe, maybe it is just like, it's a human making this choice, but I, I don't know. Like I was, I was like, I, I can't imagine this was that much worse than yesterday. I think the difficult part is that it's hard to separate because it isn't like a demon or hellish creature or whatever. Um, but also I think the whole point of that character is to show Saifa that, the world is not some perfect place that really necessarily deserves saving all. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't fully sold on it, but I see where you're coming from. I think that is what they were going for. Yeah. Uh, I, I like ahead. season three. It's the best, uh, uh, better of season one, but season three for is sure. the best. I'm excited to see where they're going to go though. Me too. I, I like, I liked, I liked the, uh, the, the vampire uh, oligarchy thing. Uh, you know, I kind of want to see Hector get fucked more. Not like literally, but by, <laughs> you know, by literally anybody that, that wants anything from him. And uh, yeah, I, I, so the, the other thing, you know, at, at the end of, or in, in episode 10, Alucard saves himself from nearly being staked by uh, using mag- a magical sword to murder the, the two uh, Japanese humans that he had been so fond of. Uh, but I don't know. I, I like that the, the turn of, you know, he's had a relatively optimistic relationship with people since meeting up with Trevor and, and Saifa. And I just think that's kind of like, I feel like he should be somewhere in the middle. You know, like he started out in this pretty like agnostic, I don't really care if humanity lives or dies place. And then he was kind of like on board of humanity. And I just feel like based on, you know, who he is, what he is, uh, and kind of his immortality... I don't know. I feel like he should be a little bit more removed. So I like that he kind of like took the step back. You're like, you know what? Maybe fuck these people. Yeah. I, who do you think, just out of curiosity, what do you think season four is going to be about? Uh, I absolutely, I mean, it's, it's going to be the beginning of the, the plan to uh, create that human farm that the vampires want really bad. I think Isaac's going to come in and fuck it up trying to get at Hector. Uh, and then that's going to unravel. I'm not really sure how the Belmont people are going to get involved. Exactly. That's the thing I'm most curious about because it seems to me like season well, four is definitely going to be set up for Hector versus Isaac. Yeah. They, they also set up that they might want to go back and visit Alucard, which might be a less of a warm welcome than they were expecting if they go back now. So yeah. we'll see. I could also see at the end of season four, Hector's new mission. I don't know, Hector. Isaac's new mission is to bring back Dracula. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be mad if they don't bring back Dracula or if this show gets canceled because again, it's super watchable. It's very entertaining. Yeah, it's well, trashy. It's, it's trashy TV. But. It definitely seems risky to have a long plan with Netflix because they'll just, you know, decide, yeah, you know, three seasons was enough. We're done. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's You true. know, with, without ratings or anything coming into play. But uh, I, I hope this lasts longer than, uh, say, The Witcher, but apparently The Witcher is the shit, and I'm sure you guys will tell me more about it in the What We're Watching section. But if, uh, if you've made it this far in the episode, you haven't seen Castlevania, even though we've just told you what happens, I still think <laughs> you should go back and watch it because it's more fun to watch than I'm sure it was to listen to this. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, I only have watched half of it and I'm going to still finish it. So even though you guys did tell me every single thing that happened. That's correct. Uh, You're welcome. I think you should just go back and watch the Godbrand episodes. Well, you know, it's funny. I actually did get up to Godbrand's end. So I was hoping you were going to tell me he was going to come back. He does not. Oh, it's too bad. It is too bad. Maybe later. Fuck Dracula. Let's bring back Godbrand. (laughs) Uh, Well, cool. You got to be pretty close to the end of season two, right, Hurt? 
Uh, yeah, I guess so. I thought I was only halfway through, but I, I guess think, I was more than that. I think that's episode six. He actually dies earlier than you probably think. It's five or six. Well, cool. That's Castlevania. I, uh, I highly recommend it. Better than Transformers. Yep, agreed. It's not that, you know what I mean. We'll get to it. Uh, what have we been watching, guys? We had a lot of time on our hands. Yeah, we, we all had a lot of time to be watching, and this actually might be a time where someone would be interested in what we have to say on this subject because everybody's looking for new ways to waste time. Agreed. I would love to say that I watched something original and I don't think other people have seen, but that's mm. not true. Um, I have watched Tiger King like the rest of the internet. Right. Um, God, that show is nuts. I, I've only watched the first episode of that. I haven't decided if I'm going to finish it or not. Man, the first episode doesn't hold a candle to what's coming. I, <laughs> oh, really? It, it really doesn't even show the tip of the iceberg of what is act. You don't even know what's actually going on. Just what else happens in the lives of these people. Um, <laughs> it's a weird show in that there are no heroes. There is no good side whatsoever. You, right. you, you may think you know but everyone is terrible. And, right. um, but gosh, it's, it is like the state of Florida wrapped up in eight hours. It is just nuts. <laughs> I watched a really cool ZZ Top documentary on Netflix if people are into ZZ Top. Oh, shit. I saw that on there, and I, I want to watch it because I fucking love ZZ Top. So yeah. it's good. It's real great. I saw them in concert like a decade ago, and I think I'd say I preferred watching the documentary than watching them live. Like it's a really intimate look at them, and they 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 play a couple songs throughout. But um, it it's a cool show. I watched The Witcher because I finished Castlevania, and I was in the mood for some more D and D type shows. Is it better is, or worse than Castlevania? Oh, that's t- it's worse than Castlevania. Um, but I will keep watching it. I, I finished the show, but when the second season comes out, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. Um, it is the most D&D show possible. I mean, there are druids, there are elves, there are dwarves. There's a belt of returning. There is dragons. There is elves. I mean, there's, it, it is the most... And it, like they don't even try to change the names. They're manticores. I mean, it's just Dungeons and Dragons in a TV show. Having said that, Henry Calville is terrible. Um, <laughs> I think the character of Garal is probably hard to play in live action. He's not supposed to have any emotion. And so in that regard, Henry Cavill is probably the right guy to play him, but he's just not charismatic enough for you to care. And they do a really good job of focusing on uh, the character of Yennefer, who's way more interesting um, and how their paths cross. I hope that continues in future seasons uh, because she's way more interesting than he is. But, you know, I'm going to say it's better than Transformers. Uh, I know I'm really late to the party of this, so I'm not telling anybody new, but Toss a Coin to Your Witcher is a dope song. It's very uh, catchy. It's super catchy. And that Bard character is a lot of fun. I don't think I... I had nothing else comes to mind that I've watched. Oh, I watched Beastars, which is another... How Netflix. much of it have you watched? All of it. Tell me. I want to know. <laughs> it is... Um, if you look at it and you think, man, this looks like it should be for furries, you're right. It's like Zootopia and porn had a baby. Um, well, it's like, it's like Zootopia, but all of, the, uh, all of the sexual tension and innuendos are just capitalized on, is my Absolutely. understanding. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. 
even in like in Zootopia where there's this concept of predator versus prey and all that, that is heightened to the nth degree in this show. And then they add on the fact that they're like high schoolers. And so they have what other high schoolers have on their minds. And uh, look, I'm, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go worse than Transformers. Uh, it's worth a watch and I definitely wanted to talk about it. Um, after you're, you're I on a watch it. list now. But after, after, uh, yeah, no, for sure, hundred um, percent. Now that I've had some space with from it, I, whatever, it's fine. Uh, I know a lot of people who are big in the uh, old Raylo community are real big fans of it. Interesting. So it's very Kylo Ren and Ray, except imagine Ray is very promiscuous. And people have. They've imagined that. A, <laughs> a lot, lot of people lot. have. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess in, in, in their defense, you know, uh, Ray and Poe, Ray and Kylo, Ray and Finn, everyone tried hooking her up with every character in those movies. So uh, there was a, there's a little bit of uh, motivation behind it, but Beastars is weird. <laughs> yeah, I, the only thing I'd heard about this is that it's ended up on the, a lot of the wrong people's recommendation lists. Like it's been recommended to some kids and it is definitely not for kids. Absolutely not for children. Yeah. That's it. Good stuff. Right on. Um, well, I, I'll go next. Uh, you know, I'm going to try not to be very spoilery on these in case they're things that people want to watch. Uh, well, me and Sarah have been watching Star Trek Discovery. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little about two years late to the game on this, but but uh yeah we uh we started watching that it man it's it's hard to talk about my opinion of it without spoilers but i'm gonna try my best i i'm gonna say it's better than transformers and then i'm gonna do that thing where i complain about it for 10 minutes um so it starts off very much being a one of those things where it starts as one thing and very quickly turns into a different thing it's like and i've just blown your mind and you know, it does. I don't know. I don't know if it does a good job of that because you kind of see it coming. Uh, it also is very different from other Star Trek that for the first half of the season, I don't think you know who to like. Like Star Trek is usually everybody's likable. And even when two characters conflict, you still know they're both good people. But for a big bunch of this, I don't know. You know, you don't really know who the good people are. And, uh, uh, it took me a while to get used to that, but once I got used to it, I, I kind of liked it. I kind of thought it fit with being on a starship. Towards the end of the season, there's a four-part story where they once again try to flip everything on their head with a bunch of twists and turns. And it's after that, I don't know, the status, the status quo change they do is not as interesting as the status quo before. But the second season, I think, is better. The second season is more Star Trek. Uh, so overall, I'd, I'd, I'd say watch it. I don't know. You know, uh, I have no idea if the show does well or not. I know everybody's watching Picard, but I don't know if anyone's watching this. Jones, have you watched this at all? I have not watched Discovery. When I finish Next Generation, I'll probably do Picard first. But since I have so much free time, I'm going to do Discovery. Like, I know they bring Pike back. Right. And, and so I'm, I'm interested in, in, in that part. But it, it never I've, looked super appealing. I, I, I'm mostly interested in what you think during that that four part story towards the end of the set, the first season because it really they'd set up a status quo and I really think they thought oh this is going to blow everybody's mind and it kind of does there's like four 
huge twists in it. But then after it's over, it's like, what do you do with this twist? And I will say this, the end of the first season is the dumbest ending to anything I've ever seen in my entire life. Wow. It's so incredibly fucking stupid. This is the only part of it I'll spoil because, you know, you're not missing anything by getting spoiled by this. Essentially, there's been a war with the Klingon, Klingon Empire, and a Klingon who's kind of teamed up with the Discovery people ends it by essentially holding up an iPod at the Klingon Council. Not an iPod, an iPad, and saying, hey, if I'm not in charge, I'll use this iPad to blow you all up. And I just don't understand why Klingon just didn't take it out of her hand and break it. Like, it's just incredibly fucking stupid and lazy. So, um, so yeah. But beyond that, I'll still go better than Transformers. Uh, my, my next little bit is actually uh, some content um, inspired by our departed friend, Ian. Ian from the Great. R.I.P. Ian from the grave has been uh, has been texting me about he signed up for Comicsology Unlimited, which uh, you know a lot of people want Comicsology Unlimited to sort of be like Netflix for comics, and once you get into it, it's really not that. It's more like it's more like a Netflix if you went on it and they gave you the first season of The Office for free, and then you had to pay extra for every other season of The Office. So it's you know it's not. I I don't think it's a great deal, but there is some, you know, if you got like a month trial or something, there's some shit you could burn through. So um, it's just amazing what isn't on there because when Ian, when Ian said, Hey, what's, uh, reckon me some good, recommend me some good stuff. And I'd start, you know, uh, naming off stuff. Nope. That's not on there. Nope. That's not on there. But here's some things I did find. If you were to ever do comicology unlimited during these troubled times, um, Starting off with some Warren Ellis stuff, since we just talked about him for an hour and a half. Um, you know, again, his big hits aren't on here. Planetary's not on here. Authority's not on here. But Netwave, Next Wave Agents of Hate is on here. It's a thing he did for Marvel, where he basically takes a bunch of B-list characters uh, who think they're working on, you know, for sort of a good guy espionage team and find out that instead they're working for the bad guys and then they go in. Warren Ellis also did a run on a James Bond comic. The first 10 issues, they're all also on uh, Comicsology Unlimited. Ian said he was trying to do uh, Batman The Long Halloween, uh, which is all on there, and he said he wasn't enjoying the art, but it is on there if you want to get familiar with the story that's probably going to be the framework for the new batman movie but if you get into it and you're like him and you don't really like the art they also have uh batman hush which is exactly the same story (laughs) just with more contemporary art you know like i said there's a lot of it's just teasers uh you can go on there and you can read the uh new x-men uh you know e is for extinction and get started on the great grant morrison uh new x-men run but then that's it. You can't read any more of the rest of it. But one thing, if you really want to do a deep dive in on this, uh, Hellboy, you can read every single bit of that shit you like. Hmm. Yeah, and I recently like, did all of Hellboy on Comixology. Right on. So you've done Comixology, so you know what I'm talking yeah. about. This. Yeah, it's absolutely. Not, yeah, yeah, you can do the whole damn thing. So that's, uh, uh, that's, uh, that, that, I would recommend if you get a trial or something, doing it just for that. Hellboy's great. Uh, you can sign up through it through Prime, I think, as well. So if you're yeah, um, uh, I've uh, I've been rereading The Stand because of our our current situation. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you know that, 
And a, a lot of it feels a, a lot like right now. You know, there's a space in the beginning where nobody takes it very seriously, and then it gets really fucking serious. Uh, one thing that it's very different than now, there's just a whole lot of masturbation. <laughs> there's just so... I, I read this was I, when I was like in the seventh grade the first time, and you would think I would be really interested in masturbation at that time, but I just don't remember there being this much jacking in it. But there's a lot of jacking in it, but it's a good book. Uh, imagine there's a lot of jacking going on in general across the world right now, so it's possible I, it's I, accurate. I disagree with that because the problem with the jacking right now is, is sure, lots of people have free time, but everybody's at home. That's there's actually no a good time. point. There's no yeah. privacy. I think that is it. I think that's all I've got. Oh, yeah. I, something else I'll recommend is being better than Transformers in these times. Baths. I've been taking baths instead of showers. I like it. Yeah. All right. Sit, sitting it. in dirty water. I do want to say one more thing about The Witch here. Lars Mikkelsen is in it, which if you're not familiar, he has a famous brother named Mads, who is you know a great actor we all know right. and love. But Lars played Grand Admiral Thrawn in Rebels, and uh, he is a wizard in the witcher and he uses the exact same voice and it brought me pure joy every <laughs> single time he spoke yeah. fantastic uh well i watched a fair bit of shit bef- before it even got real bad because i was on a plane and i watched plane movies which started with bumblebee which i think is a perfect plane movie it was fine that's it it see i i like it a lot i i would go yeah, way I better like bumblebee a lot. i think it's better than transformers by the slightest of margins it's just a worse version of the iron giant but it's fine. That's a fair critique. Yeah, I, I watched that movie that Ian recommended uh, the other week, which is 21 Bridges with uh, fucking Black Panther. Like Bozeman. Yeah. yeah. You know, Taylor Kitsch is really good at it, <laughs> which is not a thing I get to say that often. But it's, uh, it's, it's a weird thing because the first, well, I don't know, 10 minutes of the movie are super dumb. But then the rest of the movie's like, it's, it's not like good. But like it's entertaining. Like it's it's a it's a cops and robbers. It's over like eight hours. It's very tense. The action sequences are are really well done. But it's also dumb. I don't know. It's it's a weird in betweeny. It's a good it's a good plane movie though. I watched the Green Book, Best Picture winner of uh, 2018, and uh, you know it's exactly what you think it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna read directly from my Letterboxd account where I record which things I've been watching because I feel good about my review. Uh, this is immediately after I watched, uh, or pretty soon after I watched that Amos and Andrew movie that's about Nick Cage and Samuel L. Jackson, where uh, an educated uh, black intellectual is is uh, compared pretty equally to a white trash pedophile. Uh, so my, my review of Green Book is, there's a much thinner line separating this movie from Amos and Andrew than most people would be willing to admit. Uh, nothing nothing original here. All parts of the production are very well executed. Perfectly inoffensive movie for your parents, but fuck me if it's the best movie of 2018. Yeah. And then I watched Worst Into the Transformers. And then I watched Into the Spider-Verse and said, this is the best movie of 2018. Right. <laughs> and I went back and rewatched Equilibrium, which if Regina still listens to this podcast, she'll be happy about because I vaguely remembered it, but I forgot what the plot was realistically. And it's still pretty fun. It's a uh, uh, trench coat ninjas who hate feelings. And yeah, it's like the Matrix in Fahrenheit 451 had a baby. It is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's all style. There's very little substance. Most of it doesn't make sense. Uh, but honestly, for, for how cheap so much of the movie looks, the action sequences are really good. Yeah, um, I like that movie a whole lot. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's definitely better than Transformers. It's kind of a, it's kind of a little like, low-budget gem with uh, 
Well, it's got Sean Bean, who, spoiler alert, dies. I don't think it's a spoiler at this point. I know. Uh, Christian Bale and Tay Diggs. I love Tay Diggs. I wish he was in more things, I think. I don't know. I just think he's handsome. I don't know if I think he's a good actor. I mean, he's still uh, he's still in stuff. You just don't watch it. That's true. All those all You're those racist. movies with yeah, all those movies with black guys wearing nice shirts. He's in those movies. He's in every single one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it, I, I don't know if this counts, but I uh, I just downloaded yesterday uh, The Last of Us, which I haven't played. For, I have time now to play like long story oriented video games. And uh, it's fucking great. I know that's not a surprise to anybody, but uh, I'm having a really good time with it so far. And uh, it's fun getting to hang out with Ashley Johnson again because Critical Role is off. Yeah, it makes me so sad. I know. It's literally like pretty much the only thing that keeps me alive week to week. (laughs) Uh, But I think that's it. That's all for our first quarantine episode. Hooray. All right, next week, something else from quarantine. You know, whatever we're feeling. Maybe I don't really want to watch the the lion thing but maybe i'll watch it well we already covered that this week so you really need to watch something else from a- i think y'all should watch the witcher oh fuck i hated the first episode so much it's it, first episode is terrible it is you just gotta keep going and i'm not telling you it's gonna get much better but it gets more interesting <laughs> oh i don't know we'll see how it goes anyway something will be coming next week maybe or uh, who knows? We'll see what happens. That's about as much of a commitment as I can make. <laughs> uh, but thank you. Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, you know, please uh, really don't even worry about liking and subscribing. Be nice to your fellow man and, and do good things for other people and don't touch people. That's the nicest thing you can do is not touch or breathe on anyone or get near anyone else. And uh, yeah, you can find us on realphonies at gmail.com. All right, you can email us and tell us what you think about Castlevania. Please watch Castlevania. I want to talk to more people about Castlevania. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Real Phonies and on Instagram at Real underscore Phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for our and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later. Hey